When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Midday madness. So the uh, lines are open 0800 150 from now through until 1 o'clock. And there's two things I want to talk about with you today uh, centred around rugby. The first one uh, is around your ideal time for super rugby. Let, let's say super rugby, but you can you can pull it back to uh, to NPC as well. Your ideal time and day to watch rugby is it is it a Saturday afternoon? Is it a is it a Sunday afternoon? Is it is it a Friday night? What to you is the ideal time for rugby? And take away the broadcasting, the money. Um, you know what works best for Sky. What what would you what would encourage you to go to a game more and watch and watch more in terms of timings and days? Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts and and some of you have probably thought about this for quite a long time too. How would you like to see a weekend of rugby structured? The other one I do want to talk about as well. Uh, Rico Ioane signing on for four years, um, the four year through to the end of the next World Cup, and I want to know uh, who New Zealand rugby should be chasing next for a long-term contract. I've got a list here of players um, and what their con- current contracts are. Um, it's a list that was bought out just before January, so some of them probably are a little bit outdated, but there certainly are some names on there that uh, New Zealand rugby haven't locked in long-term, and so I'd love to hear who you think they need to make sure they have um, through until that next World Cup. I know it's four years away, but, gee, given the current landscape of rugby and how quickly people can take up overseas contracts, it's probably time to start locking them in. So 0800 150 The lines are open for the next hour. It's Midday Madness. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Straight down to Christchurch we go. we got Mikey on the line. G'day, Mikey. Oh, g'day. I wonder if they could highlight the puck like they do with ball tracking in <laughs> they, golf. They have actually done that, Mikey. They've trialled that before. Uh, there were two variants of it. There's one where they had a neon puck, um, and so it sort of glowed a little bit. And the other one was, yeah, they, they um, I think it was on ESPN, they had the sort of tr- the tail of the, of the puck, but it becomes very, very annoying, I can tell you now. Whilst it does make it easy to follow, it, it becomes extremely annoying as you see this sort of tail going all around the, around the ice. But uh, well, I do take your point, mate. I know, it's, I know it's hard to see that thing throughout a game, but you do get used to it. Yeah, no, fair. Hey, look, good to hear you running the cutter, Sam. That's that's. Um, I'm glad you're on this week. Oh, thanks, mate. Hey, um, uh, regarding the rugby, um, I thought that was quite interesting. Um, and good on Rico for signing for four years. Um, I'm always I'm in one of those camps. So I think he should be on the winger. Um, but I wonder, it'd be interesting when Razor comes in and the dynamic between players who say, "Well, this is where I want to play," and then the coach goes, "Yeah, but this is where I want you to play." Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Uh, because might, Fraser might think that Rico's one of the best wingers of the country, and if he wants to uh, be winning games, he'll go, well, Rico, you're playing on the wing or you're not playing, um, which would put him in loggerheads, I guess, with New Zealand rugby. Um, if I could put my Crusaders cap on in terms of players, I know uh, Ken will probably pick the entire Auckland team, but um, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would say that um, Will Jordan, I'm not sure what he's yep. gone for, mm-hmm. uh, Ethan Blackadder, um, Leicester Fainuku. I mean, these are young players still, and I think youth is, is going to be quite key over the next four years. 
Um, the one, though, the gold standard, and I think New Zealand rugby should do everything they possibly can, is do something about Richie Moonga. He can't go at the, the age that he's at. Mm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I think that's 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 not cool. <laughs> yeah. That's a real concern. Cause that's, is that a four-year contract I think he's on, isn't it? Or three years? Uh, Richie? Yeah, with uh, with his Japanese club or whatever. Uh, I think it's three Potentially, I'd have to look it up for you. The, the Will Jordan one's interesting as well, because yeah, he's obviously only contracted to the end of 2023. So there's a whole bunch of players who yeah, are only contracted to the end of this World Cup cycle. And I wonder why there's obviously a lot of things going on here, Mikey. Um, you know, Players who probably are fielding offers from all over the globe and weighing up their options. But I wonder if a few of them as well are just waiting to see the conversations that they have with Razor. And Rico's an interesting one, because you wonder if he has had a conversation with Razor, um, you know, before re-signing. And, and because, you know, let, let's just hypothetically say Razor had said, hey, Rico, you know, obviously coming in next year and I'm keen to try you back on the wing. Do you think Rico would have signed for four years if he's been told by his coach he's going to play on the wing? I don't know. I'm just speculating because I don't know if they've had that conversation, but I wonder if a few players are, you know, perhaps just sort of waiting to see um, the conversations okay. that are going to be had. Yeah, and I guess I guess ultimately if they decide to go, well then go. <laughs> you yeah. know, if you don't want to be an all back, then 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 I'm you know not interested. Um, in terms of the playing times, I, I love NPC when it's during the daytime. I think NPC during the day, you know, it's really hard cold winter. <laughs> so a bit of sunshine on the back at two thirty or mm. two o'clock is fantastic. Um, I think mix it up with a bit of super rugby. Um, I mean, obviously you saw what happened last weekend. Looked absolutely amazing on the television. Um, but on the other side of it, like if you have, um, if we actually get a stadium here, which is supposedly supposed to be epic, then the night games wouldn't bother me so much because it's going to be right in the centre of town. So you haven't got a long walk back home or a long walk back to the city. You can literally walk out the door of the stadium and you're into the bars. So there's appeal about that. Um, the good thing they do over in UK, well, certainly when I was in, sorry, in Wales um, at their massive stadium, is that they had their game, because it gets dark real early, they have their games about 3, 4 o'clock. And by the time you get out, you're straight into the city and it's dinner time yeah. and, and bars and beers. So, mm-hmm. so as a punter, for a big occasion, that works really extremely well. But then it comes down to where the stadium is sometimes. Yeah. You know, if the stadium is well-placed, it's perfect. If it's not... You know, long trip home or a long trip to the bar or, or what, what yeah. have you. Well, that you, you bang on. And someone mentioned yesterday as well, um, yeah, the, the daytime rugby, meaning you still can do something at night, you know, whether that's go out for dinner or, you know, if you've got a party, you've something, you've got a celebration you've got to go to, you can still get away. And and you're spot on there, Mikey, because, I, and I think Christchurch is a good example because obviously we know um, the stadium you've got down there is, is certainly not fit for, you know, mid middle of winter type, no. type rugby. So I wonder if that plays into it, like you're not as... Um, fast going a bit later on if the stadium is worth going to and location is important. I mean, Eden Park is in the middle of a residential area and you've got to travel a decent way to go to any, you know, sort of um, pubs or, well, I guess there's the Kingsland type area, but a lot of people, if they want to go into town, it's a bit of a drive and a trek. So I, I think you're right. If it's, if it's you know, downtown, close to the CBD, close to everything, easy to get to, you, you probably would be much more inclined to go in the evening, but then you know, people with kids and families, you know, you're talking about a night where you probably don't get home till till ten o'clock, which is which is quite late. So, um, yeah, I think at least. Could you imagine though, if the Auckland waterfront was, was there? Do you think they oh. would get twenty thousand like you're seeing at the Warriors? I mean, Mikey, I, I it would be a pretty epic location, wouldn't it? I'm, I, you, I could talk to you about it all afternoon in Auckland Waterfront Stadium, and they made a massive mistake back in 2010 when they decided they were just going to pour money into Eden mm. Park, which was a stupid decision. The, the, I mean, I've said this every. Um, world class 
uh, I get, just world-class cities around the world have a waterfront stadium or a stadium that sits in their CBD that's easy to access. It's got yep. bars and hospitality yep. all attached to it. And look, you're probably going to take some stuff away from Mount Smart and Eden Park, and I'm not sure even what would happen to those areas. But you think about a, a stadium downtown that could host concerts, that could host you know, rugby, it could host football, could host everything. Um, not only would it make a lot of sense in terms of tax, but you, know, you get a lot of that money back, but it would be just be great for, for sports fans and for music fans and whoever wants to go, it's not just a one-purpose uh, one thing. The problem is, though, Mikey, you're now, as every year goes on, and you probably know this being down in Christchurch, as every year goes on, it's harder and harder to convince taxpayers to fork out a, billions of dollars for a stadium when there's so many other issues going on around the country at the moment. Mm, yeah, yeah, private investment. Well, that's what it needs. Yeah, that's what it needs. That's the one. That's one, Mikey. If you get a bit of extra cash on Lotto, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks for calling. If you get a bit of extra cash on Lotto, you can uh, you can put the down payment on. Uh, Mikey calling out of Christchurch. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Tell us uh, who you want to lock in uh, long term. The All Blacks, uh, NZR. Who should they lock in for the next uh, four years, like they have with Rico and Samasoni Tokiaho, and also your ideal viewing time and day for for rugby, whether that's on a Saturday, a Sunday afternoon. Evening, whatever you like. Uh, Dean from Dunedin's calling. G'day, Dean. It was a great call that last chap. He nailed a lot of the points I would have actually mentioned, to be brutally honest. So, on the players to lock in, I, I was lucky enough to catch a little bit of breakdown, and I love Jeff Wilson for disagreeing with John Curran nine times out of the nine times out of ten when John opens his mouth. But the guy Moa that plays for the Pacific team at 13 and plays for Tasman, I can't for the life of me figure out why he's not playing 13 for the Highlanders. We lack some punch. The All Blacks lack some punch at 13. He was bang on. I don't believe the NZRFU should be allowed to sign anyone until Razor takes over so he gets his team. Because this Rico at 13 is an absolute nonsense. I reckon it's affecting Bowden Barrett hugely because he can't pass it to Roger, because he's as much of a nonsense. Great, they're great blokes. Rico's got a future on number 11 jersey for the rest of his life. Roger, I'm sorry, he's a great guy, great advocate for training and diet and everything else, but he needs to go back to rugby league. The second 5-8 centre's too, too big a ask for someone that's played fullback in rugby league to come and play rugby union. That's glaringly obvious. That's only my opinion. But Will Jordan, I, I don't know what's going on with the lead, like... We definitely need him signed. But the boy Amoa, back to him, they were discussing whether he should play for Tonga, Samoa, or the All Blacks. Well, he plays for Tasman. So if he wants to play for the All Blacks, he's damn well welcome to the jersey. Because we've always had a punchy 12 or 13. It looks like Geordie Barrett, for me, is nailed down the 12 jersey. I Personally, I spoke on the radio and said I think he's more built for 13. But yeah. He's doing a mighty fine job at 12, so if he wants to play there, let him play there. But the conversation needs to be had with Rico. Like, for me, that, that they showed it on the news last night. Him running down the sideline at Twickenham when he took the reverse pass from Caleb Clark. Uh, that, that's Jonah Lomowisk, and that's what we need. Mm. He knows it as well. So I don't understand why he's playing at 13, and there's something wrong with the way Bowden's playing at 10. That, but he can't lose the class that that man's got. So there's obviously something going on at the Blues that I can't see it. Like a, I would have thought Leon McDonald would have more smarts than I would and would have addressed the 13 jersey a long, long time ago. Mm. There's just something lacking there. Like his, he, he can't coach vision. 
he's been a schoolboy sensation at 13 because he was big. And everyone marking him was scared of him. But the international game, the French don't care. The Irish don't care. And we're going to look made to look second rate if mm. he stays at 13. The, um, the thing that does interest me, I mentioned it to Mikey there as well, um, Dean, yeah, is obviously if you're a coach coming into a, a, t- a whatever team and whatever sport, you know, whether it's rugby or football, rugby league, we always talk about, you know, building, um, building the team that you want. Um, you see it with Andrew Webster at the Warriors, you know, you get the players that you want in to play the sort of style that you want to play. And so once again, coming back to Razor, you know, he, he, he will be planning um, how he sees the All Blacks over the next four years. He'll be starting to do that now and be wanting to implement it next year. So, yeah, uh, uh, you do wonder how much of the conversation is between Razor and the players beyond 2023 and how much is just the players individually talking with NZR trying to get a deal over the line. Because, you know, there's certain players that, that will really, really want to just play under Razor and there'll be players who'll be nervous who, you know, maybe they don't fit the system or maybe they're going to get shunned, so why not go and take the cash? So it, it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. And, of course, it's bizarre when we've got a we've got a World Cup this year and and Foster in the role who's trying to who's trying to win it for them, you know you sort of have these two uh, dialogues going on at the same time. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. Like I, and the the thing is, the NZRFU won't make any decisions. Like we all know that Foster shouldn't be there. Like it's it's glaringly obvious. He's he's got more records than the Beatles. <laughs> the All Blacks are no longer feared. The, the 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 last ten minutes of games, Ireland don't care anymore. And what they did in New Zealand has given everyone else the belief that hang on, they're just a pair of legs with rugby boots on like we are. We for some reason it was just a it's a myth, a total myth, but it worked because we kept on getting over teams in the last ten minutes. That's not happening anymore. Mm. And I don't believe, and I really rate Razor Robinson as a coach. I think he has the ability. It's not just his rugby now. He just he has the ability to. If there's something personally wrong with the individual, he'll help them with that. That's what he, he coaches way more than rugby now. They're all yeah, he's got backs coach, he's got forward coach, he's got diet coaches, he's got you know that guy that you got to have a yarn to him because you're feeling a bit depressed. They got all those people involved, and he makes all that knit together. Yeah, well, I agree. I, you know, I, I, the coaching side of selection raises. He's gonna put his kahunas on the line and say no. Whereas Forster's not. It's mm. like Rico's his pet project and it's failing and it saves volumes for Forster not to admit that he's got it wrong. I always appreciate your thoughts, Dino, mate. Your, your passion and your, your knowledge is, uh, yeah, I always love hearing you, hearing you ring in. 0800 We've got a couple of calls on the line there. We've just got to take a short break. We'll come back with Midday Madness after that. A couple of texts that have come here in double eight double three. Ken says, Sam Akira will re-sign shortly. Papali'i will probably be next player to get the four-year contract. And Mackenzie Antalya off contract, end of the year. Uh, need to keep those two. Rico will be 13 under Razor. I'd say they have spoken. That's from Ken. Um... Chris has said, I wonder what people will say when Razor plays Rico at 13. Um, I'm going to chat with Kiz actually very, very shortly about midfield. Um, he's got some good thoughts. And uh, JJ says, disagree with Dean. Amor will play for who he wants to. He can represent his people for Moana Pacifica and play for New Zealand Samoa or Fiji. Same for Rico. He's signed to stay on, so let's celebrate that. We can't wait till after the World Cup to sign people. I agree with that. Razor will be planning and will do his best with what he can select from, just as he has done with the Crusaders. I feel for Dean if Razor picks Rico at centre. Um, oh, no, I do agree, JJ. I think um, you, you, we cannot wait until after the World Cup. Um, we're talking about this player exodus, don't we? So I got this list uh, in front of me. It, it comes from December last year, so I'm going to try my best to remember 
uh, who from this list has it, has actually re-signed, but I'll read it out to you. So uh, contracted through to 2025, so that's obviously um, not through to the next World Cup, but certainly the next couple of years. Cody Taylor, Patrick Tupolotu, Tupu, Avai'i, Jordan, uh, Jordi Barrett, Adi Savia, who is taking next year off Super Rugby, and Sam Kane. 2024, so just until the end of next year, Severis, Joe Moody, Stephen Perifetu, who I think has signed an extension. I could be wrong there. Caleb Clark, Offa Fasi, Dalton Papali, uh, Samasoni Tokoav, of course, is um, signed on for the for, through until the next World Cup. Uh, Ethan DeGroot, I think, has signed a slightly longer extension too, as well through to 27. Um, Hoskins Satutu and Josh Lord. I think Hoskins might have signed an yeah to group through to twenty six, and I think Hoskins might have signed a, an, an extra um, couple of years as well. Here is the list from twenty twenty three. Like I said, um, I'll try my best to remember who has signed on from this, but forgive me if if some of these names are out. But it's a long list, so. Uh, only contracted to the end of 23. Will Jordan, Sam Whitelock, Scott Barrett, jo- uh, Jack Goodhue, Cullen Grace, David Havili, Braden Enor, Richie Mawanga, Ethan Blackadder, George Bauer, Lester Fying and Nuku, Shannon Frizzell, Rico, we know is, is, um, who's who's signed on that extension. Uh, Aaron Smith, Dane Coles, Anton Leonard Brown, Falau Fakatava, Bowden Barrett, Roger Tuivasa Sheik, TJ Perinara, Tyrell Lomax, Aidan Ross, Quinta Pyre, Akira Yuani, Brad Weber, Brody Retallick, Mark Tillia, Nipo Lalala, Peter Gus, Soakula, Finlay Christie, Fletcher Newell. So that's a big long, big long list um, contracted to the end of 23. Like I said, there's probably a couple in there that I've missed that may have signed on a little bit. But when you look at that list, who from there sticks out? Now, there's obviously guys like, um, you know, like Dane Coles, I think, that announced that he's retiring at the end of the World Cup. You're going to have guys like Sam Whitelock who are, who are ageing quickly. Um, so is, you know, TJ Piranara, Brody Retallick. Um, Brad Weber, I think, has already announced that he's jetting off, isn't he? So um, who of that list do you look at and go, man, we got to sign them on um, longer term. We have to sign them on longer term. Um, give us a call, 0800 150 811. Um, you can talk about that. And look, it's always open line talkback. So if you want to talk about absolutely anything else, please feel free to, to give us a call. And, and I put this out yesterday. Wouldn't mind throwing it out again today. Arsenal fans, if you are an Arsenal fan, I would love to hear from you and hear how you're feeling. I know we've got some passionate um, EPL fans out there. Let us know how you are feeling uh, with Man City breathing down your leg in a big game. Uh, is it at the Emirates next uh, next Tuesday, Kez? He's going to tell me as he looks it up. Um, just quickly, actually, before we get to news, and I know I'm throwing a lot at you here, um, Clayton McMillan uh, just announced that Clayton McMillan has extended his contract with the Chiefs through until 2026. So they've locked him in, obviously, off the back of a very, very impressive season. Um, he is... Yep, locked through for the next three years, through to the end of 20, 2026. So a good result there for Chiefs, Chiefs fans as well. Arsenal plays Southampton at home, yep. and then the following week they play City at the Etihad. Yeah. So away from home, C'est big C'est game. Sit 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 Squeaky bum time for Arsenal fans. We'll take a break for new sport and weather back soon. A couple of texts that have come here in double eight double three. Ken says Sam Akira will re-sign shortly. Papali'i will probably be next player to get the four-year contract, and Mackenzie Antalya off contract end of the year. Uh, need to keep those two. Rico will be thirteen under Razor. I'd say they have spoken. That's from Ken. Um, Chris has said, I wonder what people will say when Razor plays Rico at thirteen. Um, I'm going to chat with Kez actually very, very shortly about midfield. Um, he's got some good thoughts. And uh, JJ says, disagree with Dean. Amua will play for who he wants to. He can represent his people for Moana Pacifica and play for New Zealand Samoa or Fiji. Same for Rico. He's signed to stay on, so let's celebrate that. We can't wait till after the World Cup to sign people. I agree with that. Razor will be planning and will do his best with what he can select from, just as he has done with the Crusaders. I feel for Dean if Razor picks Rico at centre. Um, oh, no, I do agree, JJ. I think um, you, you, we cannot wait until after the World Cup. Um, 
we're talking about this player exodus, don't we? So I got this list uh, in front of me. It, it comes from December last year. So I'm going to try my best to remember uh, who from this list has it has actually re-signed, but I'll read it out to you. So uh, contracted through to 2025. So that's obviously um, not through to the next World Cup, but certainly the next couple of years. Cody Taylor, Patrick Tupolotu, Tupu, Vai'i, Jordi uh, Barrett, Adi Savia, who is taking next year off Super Rugby, and Sam Kane. 2024, so just until the end of next year, Severis, Joe Moody, Stephen Pirafetu, who I think has signed an extension. I could be wrong there. Caleb Clark, Offa Fasi, Dalton Papali, uh, Samasoni Tokoav, of course, has um, signed on for the for, through until the next World Cup. Uh, Ethan DeGroote, I think, has signed a slightly longer extension too, as well through to 27. Um, Hoskins to Tutu and Josh Lord. I think Hoskins might have signed an, yeah, to group through to 26. And I think Hoskins might have signed a, an, an extra um, couple of years as well. Here's the list from 2023. Like I said, um, I'll try my best to remember who has signed on from this, but forgive me if, if some of these names are out, but it's a long list. So I uh, only contracted to the end of 23. Will Jordan, Sam Whitelock, Scott Barrett, jo- uh, Jack Goodhue, Cullen Grace, David Havili, Braden Enor, Richie Mawanga, Ethan Blackadder, George Bauer, Lester Fying and Nuku, Shannon Frizzell, Rico, we know is, has, um, Who's, who's signed on that extension. Uh, Aaron Smith, Dane Coles, Anton Leonard-Brown, Falau Fakatava, Bowden Barrett, Roger Tuivasa-Shek, TJ Piranara, Tyrell Lomax, Aidan Ross, Quinta Pyre, Akira Yuani, Brad Weber, Brody Retallick, Mark Tillia, Nipo Lalala, Peter Gus Soakula, Finlay Christie, Fletcher Newell. So that's a big long, big long list. Um, contracted to the end of 23. Like I said, there's probably a couple in there that I've missed that may have signed on a little bit. But when you look at that list, who from there sticks out? Now, there's obviously guys like... Um, you know, like Dane Coles, I think that they'd announced that he's retiring at the end of the World Cup. You're going to have guys like Sam Whitelock who are who are aging quickly. Um, so is you know TJ Piranara, Brody Retallick, um, Brad Weber. I think's already announced that he's jetting off, isn't he? So, um, who of that list do you look at and go, man, we got to sign them on um, longer term? We have to sign them on longer term. Um, give us a call: oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Um, you can talk about that and look it's always open line talkbacks so if you want to talk about absolutely anything else please feel free to, to give us a call and, and I put this out yesterday wouldn't mind throwing it out again today Arsenal fans if you are an Arsenal fan I would love to hear from you and hear how you're feeling I know we've got some passionate um, EPL fans out there let us know how you are feeling uh, with Man City breathing down your neck in a big game uh, is it at the Emirates next uh, next Tuesday Kez he's going to tell me as he looks it up um, just quickly actually before we get to news and I know I'm throwing a lot at you here. Um, Clayton McMillan uh, just announced that Clayton McMillan has extended his contract with the Chiefs through until 2026. So they've locked him in, obviously, off the back of a very, very impressive season. Um, he is, yeah, locked through for the next three years, through to the end of 20, 2026. So a, a good result there for Chiefs, Chiefs fans as well. Arsenal plays Southampton at home. Yep. And then the following week, they play City at the Etihad. Yeah. So away from home, Sit-sa. big game. Sit-sa. Sit-sa. Hooey. Squeaky bum time for Arsenal fans. We'll take a break for new sport and weather back soon. Coming up 10 to 1 here on SENZ. JJ says Geordie and Rico both play midfield at school. Geordie at NPC leader and uh, NPC and later Rico. Is it not the ABs manufacturing wingers by encouraging fullbacks and midfielders out to the wing, just like Kahui in 2011? Um, I guess you've got a point there, JJ. I wonder if um, it's because at international level, um, it's easier to introduce a player on the wing versus into the midfield, which we just talked about being one of the most difficult positions. So they start them on the wing, and then we know how talented they are. Rico Ioane, a guy like him, goes and scores 15 tries in his first four or five games, and all of a sudden you think you start thinking he's just a winger, even though he's played most of his career at midfield. So I do take your point there, um, JJ. Um, 
yeah, I'm not sure whether that means we just push them back to the wing. Um, certainly someone like Geordie Barrett, I think, has has a place in the midfield. But um, Rico, it's a TBC. Bruins just scored another goal, 2-0 up. Let's go Bees. First round of the playoffs, game one against Florida. And a text actually that did come in here, um, it's from Shane. It says, uh, hey Sam, I've watched a couple of ice hockey games. It is very fast and I can't imagine how hard it must be for them to stay upright while chasing something so small around the ice. I'm a Blackhawks fan, not in the playoffs this year, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, the Blackhawks are going through that sort of rebuild phase. They, they won a couple of cups from 2010 to 2020, but uh, they gave up Patrick Kane, who was sort of their star player. Um, to uh, the New York Rangers, funnily enough, and they're not in the playoffs. But you're right, um, Shane, it is a very, very tough game to play. So I, I've played myself here in Auckland. Um, when I got back from America, I was addicted and I bought myself all the gear and I worked at the ice hockey pro shop and I went to the rink every night and played on weekends. And, you know, it takes you a good year or two just to learn how to skate. And then all of a sudden, you got to put all this gear on and you got to start chasing a puck around. And I say, you know, you basically start again. Um, it would be like you um, learning to swing a golf club without a ball and you just swing and swing and swing. You get your swing really good. You practice it for a couple of years. Then someone goes and puts a ball in front of you and all of a sudden you've got to start hitting it properly and you almost have to start again. It is a very tough game. Artificial surface with artificial limbs, artificial feet, artificial arms with your stick. Um, it is one of the most difficult sports in the world to play. And that's before you even talk about strategy and actually being good at the sport. Um it is a tough sport. The Bruins leading 2-0 in the Stanley Cup playoffs round one. Uh, Wayne's called in from Fongamataga. Hey, Wayne. How you going, mate? I'm hey, doing well. Uh, yeah, that's good. The first man to sign next is McKenzie. Damien. Um, he's, yeah, oh, yeah. He's, 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 there for good. he's there for good, mate. He's, he's had a sabbatical. So, um, no, nah, he'll be there next year. But I was going to talk to you about the all-black back line and Rico and um, Leonard Brown. Yep. I think what will happen, this is only my opinion, the all-black back line would be um, Smith, Mawanga, Barrett, uh, Leonard Brown, Rico, Geordie, and Barrett at fullback. So as long as Leonard Brown stays fit, that will dictate where they're going to play Rico because I still love Rico on the wing, and um, I've played a bit of fullback, and I, I wouldn't want to see him coming down that touchline. Maybe he's a bit like sunlight. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you have uh, Anton and Geordie Barrett in the midfield, was it? Yeah, yeah, yep. a wee bit like um, a wee, wee bit like uh, Nonu and Smith. Yep, no, I don't mind it. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind it, Wayne. I think you're right though. It does depend, obviously, on Anton Leonard Brown staying fit. You keep uh, Rico out on the wing. Is there space for yep. for Bowden in that in that back line or no? No, nah, he's at fullback. He's at fullback. Bowden. Okay, yep. So Bowden at fullback, yep. Richie and, um, at ten. Yeah, yeah, Richie at 10 because he can... I watched the Chiefs game the other day and it was, McKenzie was all good, but you need that 5-8 that can control it a fair bit and just take take the pressure off a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, but that's because the World Cup rugby is going to be way different to the Super Rugby. Um, but I think we can go all the way, mate, as long as everyone stays fit and we stay out of the yellow cards and the red cards. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Wayne. Staying fit at a World Cup is definitely can be can be the desired factor. It's a, it's so interesting with Damien because he's such a quality player, but um, you almost think in the All Blacks his best role is, is coming off the bench, sort of like Dylan Walker with the Warriors. You know, coming off the bench is where they are best utilised because with 20 minutes to go, Damien with heaps of energy and the skill set that he has, it's just much more suited to an open game, whereas he's not going to be that guy who has that calming, conservative, sort of solid influence like a, a Richie or a Bowden can have. Um, so maybe his best, but he doesn't want to hear that. You know, he wants to be a starter and he wants to be playing number 10. It's tough. I have heard in the past when he took that sabbatical, I heard that um, Damien was sort of, 
of he realized that he wasn't going to break records you know internationally he wasn't going to be a Dan Carter or or a Johnny Wilkinson whoever it might be um, and so and he had played for the All Blacks so he had sort of done his dash and that's why he he took that sabbatical so I wonder if he is keen on on continuing on with the All Blacks but maybe he looks at Bowden's time coming up and thinks and, and Richie as well maybe and thinks um, you know there, there's going to be a spot for me in the future appreciate your call as always uh, Wayne uh, we got Zade on the line uh, we've only got about a minute left so what we're going to do we're going to take a, a quick break um, Zade will try and get to you before the uh, before the one o'clock news lots of texts coming in on the Timberbed post text machine double eight double three Sean you've jinxed it he said Sam what's Florida man got to say about the NHL playoffs and just as you sent that in Sean Florida went and scored 2-1 though the Bruins still lead but be careful Sean don't do that to me Sean got to win today the Bruins got to win on home ice got to win the first game otherwise you get yourself in a hole like Dan Rosen said yesterday the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2019 who broke all sorts of regular season records they go and lose the first game in the first round and they it gets to their head and all of a sudden uh, they lose 4-0 in the first round of Columbus Blue Jackets who are not that good um, other texts on the issues of the day uh, do we know when Anton Leonard Brown will be back it can't be too much longer surely um, I did hear someone talking about this yesterday over the weekend I think he is back running around but um, it, where they're playing it safe a little bit so I don't think he is too far away uh, somebody else says who's our World Cup fullback if Jordan isn't fit Will Jordan, uh, I imagine Bodie's probably the number one choice anyway um, to pair with Richie. I'm sure that's what Foster's been running the last few years, so I think consistency. Um, Warwick says, hi lads, on the Rico topic, he has a fantastic talent with a fantastic skill set. He just has to decide if he's a try-scoring centre or a team-scoring centre. If he's the first, he belongs on the wing. If he's the latter, he needs to work on his distribution and creating space skill set. That's from Warwick. That's a great text, Warwick, and uh, I agree with you. 100%.